backward in his chair, flopping onto the carpeted floor like a pregnant fish. Heisman then turns and nails the other one, the young one, only two years out of Karachi, whose mouth is opening to protest. His whole body jumps and then pitches forward into a fetal position on the floor, one heel twitching audibly. Heisman waits a second and then hits each of them again, this time aiming directly for their exposed throats, sending them deep into a stunned stupor the equivalent of 400,000 volts. Non-lethal, they call it. Looks lethal to him. They're not dead. Yet. He hefts the portable tank, tightens one strap, and then goes down the hall to the surgery. Two women in green scrubs are loading the autoclave with trays of instruments. One of them sees him and smiles. You're up, she says brightly. Yeah, he mumbles, and drops her with a jolt to the throat. The tray of instruments crashes to the floor. The other, eyes widening, realizes something's terribly wrong and puts out her hand defensively. Heisman fires the stream right at it, and she makes a sound like a turkey as her arm snaps back into her face. She stumbles against the autoclave, then folds to the floor, arm twitching. They both end up on their faces, so he fires a second stream at each one, hitting them in the back of the neck, hearing them grunt in turn. Then he turns off the unit and pockets the taser, mentally smiling at the memory of the instructor's careful warning about that sequence. Unit off, then pocket it, never the other way round. He grabs some plastic gloves out of a box and puts them on. He drags the two semi-conscious doctors down to the surgery and dumps them around the operating table. Then he drags the nurses over. The younger one has one unfocused eye partially open. She can see him. She groans, but she still can't move. He begins setting up for the fire, then pauses. If they'd all been working in here, one of them would have seen the fire and tried for the fire extinguisher. Right. He drags the middle-aged nurse by her heels over to the wall near the door, where there's a fire extinguisher. He puts it near her clenched hands. Then he pulls the pin and fires it in the direction of the operating table's curtain, covering the floor and lower wall in white powder where the arson squad should find it. He can see her fingers twitching, but she still can't move her arms. Plenty of time, although he has the feeling he's missing something about the nurses. Leaving the one nurse by the door, he repositions the remaining victims on the other side of the operating table. He glances again at his watch and then sets up the oxygen system for the fire. He's especially careful with the system lineup ganging the two green service tanks together to ensure a plentiful supply. There are two spare nitrous oxide tanks in a separate locker with a glass front panel. These are the ones he swapped out on Sunday, and they are fakes. What looks like metal valves and pressure gauges are instead heavy-gauge plastic, which shortly will melt. Making sure the service valves are closed, he uses his cigarette lighter to burn through the oxygen gas supply hose where it passes right over the wall receptacle. He takes an insulated screwdriver from his little bag and chooses the autoclave's three-pronged plug as the ignition source. He pulls one of the surgical curtains back to the wall, making sure it's in contact with the autoclave's cord. Then he pulls the plug partially out of the wall and touches the hot prong and the ground prong at the same time with the blade of the tool. There's a nasty snapping noise and a brief flash of arc light, but then the breaker trips down the hall, taking some of the surgery's lights with it. Dumb design, he thinks, as he extracts the lighter again. He checks to see that the blade prong has been physically cut by the arc, 
then ignites the hem of the surgical curtain. This, too, he had replaced on his 2 a.m. visit Sunday, substituting plain nylon for the fire-resistant Nomex curtain that had been there. This material flares nicely, first scorching, then whooping into an ugly flame that quickly blackens the white ceiling tiles above it. He edges toward the door, watching the fire spread. Plenty of starting fuel in this room, with all that plastic ceiling tile, one entire wall of drapes, piles of surgical linens, the plastic laser equipment cabinets. A dense, boiling cloud of noxious black smoke gathers rapidly along the ceiling like an angry octopus. He watches the sprinkler heads, but they do not fire. Good. Got them all. He opens the door of the locker containing the spare nitrous oxide bottles, cracks the valves on the bottles, and then cuts on the main oxygen lines. He listens to make sure the hanging hose is hissing at full volume. Then he steps...